What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jason Wright. And this week, I want to do something special, uh, something I've not done before. And so if it's not perfect, bear with me. Uh, I think sometimes just doing it is better than making sure that it's perfect and never starting. Because I don't know about you guys, I have been guilty of that. But we're going to start up a little series here and we'll see how it goes. Okay. And it's going to be about discipline. Okay. So starting off this series, I want to read from uh, a book from a a friend of mine, a a man that I look up to a great deal uh, by the name of Vince Miller. You've probably heard me uh, reference him before. And this book, if you can, can see it, if you're watching it on, on the video version is called disciplines for men, right? Okay, so um, I want to go through this, and what we'll do is I want to get your feedback, right? So um, send me an email at becoming a better man podcast at gmail.com. That's all one word becoming a better man podcast at gmail.com. And let me know your thoughts. All right, so Let's get this, uh, let's get this underway. So let's read the, I'm going to read from the introduction starting off here. So, and this is again, Vince's book, uh, disciplines for men. After three decades of working with men, I have discovered that men have a longing for growth and greatness, but like many of you, we sometimes struggle with things very fundamental to our faith. Often at the beginning of our journey, we are so eager that we ignore basic disciplines, thinking, well, they're too trivial, but they're not trivial, they're fundamental. Vince Lombardi, widely considered the greatest coach in football history, would begin each session's training camp the same way. Gentlemen, he said, holding a pigskin in his right hand, this is a football. Lombardi understood the power of reteaching and relearning the fundamentals of blocking, tackling, and formations every season. Although sometimes the players thought those elementary things were trivial, they learned to respect Lombardi, and his teams went on to win five NFL championships in seven years. What Lombardi did is directly transferable to spiritual discipline. Engaging in spiritual discipline is fundamental for men. We often pass over its imperative nature. A major contributing factor is that men see the process of building spiritual discipline as overcomplicated. I know many men who feel this way. Men's ministries flood well-intentioned men with excessive information about spiritual growth, thinking more is going to help, but it doesn't. What happens is they try, become overwhelmed, stall, and then fail because it's too complicated. I know many men get so tired of this cycle that they bail and then conclude that spiritual growth is unattainable and great men end up sitting the bench rather than getting into the game. My aim in this series is to help you build into the daily fabric of your life, five essential spiritual disciplines as a man of God. We'll do this by number one, focusing on spiritual disciplines as a means of actively abiding in Christ primarily because abiding in Christ is not a passive activity. It's a process of daily hearing and acting in obedience to God. Number two, simplifying spiritual disciplines to the five that I believe are the most critical for men. 
While I could talk about a host of disciplines, this series will focus on five that I believe are most helpful and relevant for men of all ages and stages of life. And number three, guiding you toward building an actionable plan for your spiritual discipline. While many studies discuss spiritual disciplines, we sometimes miss the opportunity to build a plan for it. Thus, men don't do it. So each week you will build an actionable plan around one spiritual discipline that is right-sized for you. So let's dig in. Okay. So discipline number one is prayer. Now I know I'm going to deviate here from the, um, from the, uh, the book, right? Sorry. I had a, had a little bit of a, momentary lapse here as I try to figure out what's wrong with this webcam. Um, you know, I forget this. We're going back, going back to the old FaceTime camera. I don't have time for equipment that claims to work and then doesn't work. So, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to close that out. So I'm not distracted by additional things. Perfect. Okay. So, you know, you might be thinking, look, I just want to become a better man. I don't need all this spiritual stuff, right? Like the, the Bible is, is hocus pocus and, and made up and stories and all that. Like, so I, I get that perspective because I've, I've had it before, but um, I will tell you, right. If you go back and listen to the journey from episode one to now that none of where I'm at in my life is due in any part to my own actions. I cannot take credit for it. It is all because God intervened in a major way and I finally surrendered and started listening. Now, if you are like me, which several of you are, I've got countless emails, direct messages, personal comments, uh, comments left on the podcast episodes, et cetera, et cetera. People that have reached out to me in person when I've seen them and met them at events have told me that they resonate very deeply with the message of this podcast. And so I tell you that I will share with you the recipe for your success. And that is found in Christ is found in God and is found in his word, the Bible. Okay. So that is why I can no longer sit by and just preach worldly doctrines, worldly personal human belief systems that are not aligned with where the true credit lies. And that's in the word of God. And that's it is in his grace and his mercy and his supreme wisdom and grace. Uh, like I said before that and peace, right. And the peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm telling you guys start to surrender that control of thinking that you can fix it and start giving it to God. And that's why I think this is a perfect segue into starting this series, uh, especially starting off with prayer, like, like Vince does here. So discipline one, there are some questions at the start of it for reflection and discussion questions. So some things for you to think about as you're listening to this, how frequently do you pray? What obstacles prevent you from investing time in prayer? What do you say in a typical prayer? And how do you think your life would be different with consistent prayer? Okay, so we get into it here. Teach me to pray. Prayer, our first discipline, is very simple when you think about it. It's having a conversation with God. 
I think too often excessive information about prayer prevents us from teaching the basics of prayer. Notice even the first followers had this same question of Jesus. Listen to Jesus's disciples in Luke chapter 11, verse one. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. These guys, like all men, were hungry to learn. They caught Jesus praying, liked what they saw, and they asked him to teach them. Jesus responded by praying one of the most familiar prayers in the world, the Lord's Prayer. If you come from a liturgical tradition, you know this prayer very well. Although Jesus was willing to provide an outline for prayer, I don't think he intended this prayer to be the only prayer we should ever use. In fact, the whole chapter of Luke is filled with basic teaching about prayer, and Jesus made it all very simple. The men wanted an uncomplicated understanding, so he gave them one. He's saying, you can talk to God at any time about anything. Let's keep things simple. Here are two things I believe are critical when it comes to prayer. All right, determining two preliminary items. Do you know what the primary problem is with any discipline or fundamental activity? It's all the other pressing issues that keep us from it. Prayer is no different. On a daily basis, we face demands that compete for our time. Because of this, many Christian men will endure long periods of time devoid of prayer, trusting only in human effort rather than trusting in God through prayer. And we do this because these other pressing events actually made it onto our schedule. These droughts without prayer can leave men feeling physically exhausted and spiritually depleted. Since so many other things compete with these fundamentals, we have to make space. And there's a quote, motivation is not a step. Inspiration is not a step. Conviction is not a step. Determining a time and location is a step as long as you act. And that's a quote by Vince. So first set a time. I would start with a five to 10 minute duration. You can repeat at the same time each day. While you may think this is very short, remember that we are trying to develop an ongoing pattern. I think that when it comes to duration, too many men bite off more than they can chew and then punt on the repetition when they cannot make the duration work. Start with something small and build an effective pattern. Second, set a location. Listen to what Mark reports in his gospel. It says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. That's Mark chapter one, verse 35 through 37. So when was Jesus's prayer time? It was early, but notice his location. It was private. He simply left the company of other people to be in the company of God. Keep this practical. Pick a familiar and quiet location, either in your home or a convenient spot elsewhere, where you will not be interrupted. And then daily, when prompted by your calendar, go there. I think men underestimate the focus it takes to pray. There are so many distractions, including people, devices, media, and the like. Some of these things are otherwise indispensable, but they cannot follow us into spiritual disciplines. For example, when I go to church, sit at the dinner table, or enter a meeting, I turn off my phone. 
Why? So I can focus on that time. Trying to practice the activity of prayer while people, devices, and media are coming at us deters us from having a meaningful engagement with the discipline and with God. You need a location that is all your own, where you and God can interact without interruption. So the two preliminary items are determining a time, number one, and a location, number two. Next, make a pact in prayer, and that's P-A-C-T, pact. After you set up those two preliminary items, you'll need a pattern within prayer. I believe it is imperative to have a simple pattern or outline for developing healthy prayer rhythms. I call this making a pact in prayer. It's an acrostic for these four items, P-A-C-T, P for pray out loud. Listen to what Matthew writes about Jesus in one of the last moments of his life. Going a little further, he fell on his face. He, I'm sorry. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. I think Jesus had a dual motive whenever he prayed. While he was indeed concerned with connecting with the father, he also meant to teach his followers by letting them watch his example. I think many people miss this detail, but notice what happens above and in many other places in the gospels. Matthew, the author, describes Jesus praying in the garden. But notice the sensory detail. Matthew records what Jesus was saying, which means Matthew could hear Jesus praying. Why? Because Jesus prayed out loud. Thus, our first step to a healthy prayer pattern, praying out loud. I think some men fail at prayer because they pray exclusively in their heads or hearts. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, but if Jesus had only prayed this way, no one would have been able to write down anything he prayed. Jesus was willing to model his prayer life for his disciples and for us. His audible prayers demonstrated what prayers sound like. He did it because he knew what an abstract discipline like prayer is best understood by listening to others. I found that when I pray out loud, I'm much more focused. I have to form sentences, ideas, and complete thoughts, and I stay with prayer longer. If you don't want to pray out loud, prayer journaling is effective too, because it requires you to express yourself coherently in the same way. But even if you choose to write out your prayers in a prayer journal, speaking out loud in a time of prayer is extremely helpful. It does take some time to get used to, and I admit I've been awkwardly interrupted a few times by my wife and kids, but I'm sure they are better for catching me as I was talking with God. All right, next is ask. Listen to what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. I think Jesus is daring, to, daring us to ask and see the benefit. In our prayer time, we should feel free to ask and to be honest with God about what we desire. We need to spend less time worrying about what we are asking and more time just asking. I often catch myself throughout the day thinking about things I should pray about rather than actually taking the time to pray about them, and then I forget to do it. Just ask. Jesus dares men to ask. I would suggest starting with asking God for just one thing, and then invest multiple days on this one thing. Then, as you pray, watch. Over time, he will answer these prayers in unique and interesting ways. If you have a hard time coming up with items to pray about, consider an item 
in one of the five F categories. The five F categories are faith, family, finance, fitness, and friendships. Don't do one in each of the five. This would quickly become overwhelming. As you begin to pray, just stick with one. Confess. Listen to what James says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confession is not a word we use much, uh, but its meaning is relatively simple. Its literal meaning in the context of prayer is agreeing with God. So when we confess during our prayer time, we are agreeing with God about what he already knows. This is a place in prayer where our honesty, openness, and transparency come into play. The most honest, open, and transparent relationships we will ever have is the one we have with God. He is a father who knows everything, and because he does, there is no need to hide from him. We need to talk with him about the things he already knows that often he just wants us to honestly acknowledge. If you are looking for something to confess and are unsure of what to share with God, again, consider one, not all, of those five F categories, faith, family, finance, fitness, and friendships. Or just do this. Reflect on the last 24 hours and search for a moment in which you might have caused harm to someone or something in one of these categories. Then be specific with God about what you did, what you should have done, and what you would like to do better in the future. I have found by addressing specific mistakes and not general sinfulness, I have lots to talk about with God. Let's be honest, we all frequently fumble in some areas. Besides, God already knows the mistakes we've made. Confession just heightens our awareness of how we need to realign ourselves with God. Think. Listen to this true story. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. So this is a near perfect example of our need for thankfulness. God is frequently and incessantly generous to men, yet few, in this case, only a small percentage, take time to give him thanks. And while Jesus is not sustained by our thankfulness, he wants us to do it primarily for our benefit. The point is this. We need to tell God, thank you. I will frequently devote entire prayers to thanking God. I need to make this deliberate choice because I often get lost in myself during prayer time, only asking God for what I want and what I need. But God deserves thanks and praise for what he has done. God loves our praise, and while he does not need it, this does not mean we should not do it. Part of praying is thanking God so that our mind is reminded, our heart is submissive, and our soul finds sustenance as God in God. 
It's the part of the conversation where we get to celebrate with God, not because he needs it, but because we do. So here's a quick recap. Number one, determine two items, set a time and set a location. And then the second part, make a pact, P-A-C-T in prayer. P for pray out loud, A for ask, C for confess, and T for think. All right, guys, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about going through this very short book um, over the next several episodes. I want to hear from you in the uh, in the emails. And uh, if you're if you're missing it, um, it, it at the beginning it's becoming a better man podcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, so having said that, I want to kind of wrap things up here with a little message that I had gotten, um, I think one day last week. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just looking here. All right. So I've gotten some different messages from this guy. So, um, all right. So August 31st, right. This guy reaches out to me and I'll, I'll, save his name just to, to keep some, some privacy here said, Hey, Jason, I've started listening to your podcast the last couple of days. I've recently gone for, I'm gone into a breakup and I've really been trying to work on myself. A lot of the content in your podcasts have really hit home and I'm really finding the content so helpful in making me a better person. Um, and then again, like a week later, he said, uh, dude, that latest podcast about setting boundaries really hit home. I figured it out myself already, and that is something I really didn't do well in my recent relationship that just broke up. She was setting boundaries, and I didn't respect them as I should have. I knew it wouldn't be a, I knew it would be a good listen because I realized that is something I really need to work on in future relationships. Love your work, brother. And then uh, this most recent message um, says, "Hey, brother, thought I'd share some good news with you." Given your podcasts have been a huge impact on me, becoming a better version of myself, my partner who I recently separated with a couple months ago has given me another chance. Things have been going really well this past week or so and have been able to take on a lot from your podcast, which I believe my girlfriend has picked up on as well. Just want to say thank you and I continue and I will continue listening so I can further better myself. Um Thanks, man. I know, I know I thanked you in the, in the message, but I pr really appreciate sharing things like that because, um, you're not alone. We're not alone. None of us are alone. Right. Um, as men, we're all in this journey together of, of living a life as flawed people who can very, very easily get just so wrapped up and consumed with ourselves and our own, uh, dissatisfaction and self-worth issues or confidence issues or um, maybe appearing trying to appear overly confident right and just being totally disconnected from ourselves and that person that God created to make an impact on this earth and fulfill his purpose so um you know by by practicing these things right on a regular basis just like Vince had talked about the discipline right doing the little things every day every day every day over and over and over and over again, because it is a daily battle, 
right? To stray away from those things. And then we have to remain steadfast and refocus and very intentional each and every day, right? So that way we don't continue to start getting in our own way and getting out of God's way. So um, yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in this episode. And uh, if you're, if you're looking for more information, um, I mean, shoot, if you're just looking for, for more information about Vince and his, his content, his books, uh, he's got a great deal of them. I've read through a few. Um, I'm actually about to get some more uh, coming up soon, but uh, yeah, go check him out on his website. It's www.bresolute.org. That is B-E-R-E-S-O-L-U-T-E.org. Um, yeah. So check him out and uh, look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. And I really look forward to checking my inbox and seeing some emails from you guys with some feedback about this format going forward for the next couple of weeks. If you don't like it, all right, we'll go a different direction. But if you do, I'd like to finish out this book. So anyway, appreciate you brothers and uh, we'll see you next time.